0: is the Mike Quick High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN. Usually
1: Gordon will welcome us in and then that'll be about it unless Wayne Valley was playing in the state playoffs and winning. I don't know when we're going to play it, but Gordon for the third consecutive year on getaway day for the high school show is MIA. Sims, I think he has a problem with saying goodbye.
2: Can't say goodbye.
3: I, I, it's OK, though. I miss him. Sorry, Gordon. Hope you're doing well. And Monty
4: has jumped into Gordon Damian's yes, chair, the captain's seat. Whenever Gordon's not here, I always take his seat. But I did hear the Wayne Valley recap, and people are in for a treat. Is it funny? It is very funny. And when I talked to him after the game, he said it was one of the best sporting events he's ever been to. Period. Because it's you know, the, the first. He, event it might he's be. Ever yeah, been it to. might be the first <laughs> one that he left his
1: house and didn't watch on his iPad. But let's put it this way: the uh, in that game, Northern Highlands. Made two plays. They had a 75-yard touchdown run. They had an 80-yard touchdown run. They had 19 total yards after that for the game. Okay? Uh, I mean, Gordon's kids I'm hearing are crying. I mean, (laughs) tears of joy at the end, though. You know what? I can't play this now because I promise we have got an unbelievable two hours today. At 7.35, my man. The last time I talked to Brian Flores, the head football coach of the Miami Dolphins, was with your brother Chris at the Heisman Breakfast at the Downtown Athletic Club, Ricky Williams, 1998.
3: Wow, that's a fun fact right there, and that was a long time ago. So
1: we'll have Brian, Coach Flores, at 7.35, a kid from Brownsville, Brooklyn, all the way to the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. That's a little awesome. later in this hour, my buddy Sean Patrick Bowley. Sims, you're going to like this cat because he likes to cause trouble up there in Connecticut. Great writer for game time Connecticut is very witty, has some fun. You can, and we're going to stir it up today. We're going to stir it up. So that's in this hour. The hour will end great. I don't know how well this hour is going to start because <laughs> before there was a Monty, there was a wrath. And Andrew Rappaport, the sportscaster extraordinaire Thank you. from News 12 <laughs> Long Island is here. Because we have not done a good job. Monty, your job at the beginning of the year was to get out to Long Island football games.
4: Correct. And I did run into him a few times. We did. We saw each other at Oceanside High School. 14-week
1: season, a few times. means you went to Long Island three times?
4: <laughs> I've been to Long Island a few times. I went to, uh, I saw him at Plain Edge and I, Southside. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I saw you at the Hofstra Championship. Saw, uh, I'm trying yeah. to think Where's what else.
1: Plain Edge, Southside.
4: I saw him at the first one. At was Planet. not there. Was no? not there. Then maybe it was the championship game. But I did see him regardless. You saw
5: him in we the We were land. hanging out. Can, 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 I say say something. can I Can I jump in? I, we Ugh. shouldn't have the problem with Monty. <laughs> I actually have a problem with you. Oh. And I've been waiting whoa. months to get on the show months. to tell you this. That I heard that you stole my name. Whoa. What's that name? The Wizard. Now, Mike, you to stole little, that? To wow. A, Mike. To a little show that oh, we used to goodness. do a few years ago. On TV, I was the it was wizard. The internet. No, it was TV. <laughs> it Was the internet? Well, it was the internet at the end. I was the wizard. <laughs> so who's the original wizard? I have the
4: hat. Okay, I he has a hat.
5: I have the radio. It wouldn't matter. You might win. These guys <laughs> could have seen it that my wife made for me because I was the wizard, and then you go on the air and call yourself the wizard. What's up with that?
1: I will say this. Yep. He is right because I, wow. I didn't know what all to right. call myself. All right. It's I all just, right. Raph. And you. I just threw it out there. My buddy Anthony Benelli listens. I love Anthony. He, he listens every week and he actually said to me, who's the wizard picking today? The wizard's actually not making picks today because it's the last game. But if the wizard was making a pick today, I do like the ground game of matter day. Dino Mangiro, who was Brian Flores' coach at Poly Prep. I like them to beat your guy Andrew Butler and DePaul today contrast of styles yeah, Matterday is going to run it with Ingram about 40 times and he ate DePaul alive last year they had no answer for him then he got hobbled a little late Matterday goes to the passing game has the biggest win in school history so and now also too a power pack 8 to 9 hour Richie Hansen the St. Peter's prep coach, the big boy champs in New Jersey, he'll join us. We're going to ask him to describe what he means by the Bergen County Silver Spoon. Spoon, that
3: came out in the postgame. Oh, I really look forward to listening to this. Yeah.
1: Vinny from Coney Island <laughs> Whoa. is checking in. My Whoa, buddy, Vinny. I met him at the game on yeah. Wednesday. Monty hasn't
3: slept since.
1: Did not work. Yeah, I've had <laughs> nightmares. go well up. because... Monty was intimidated and he showed lack of respect to Vinny. Apparently
4: I show lack of respect. How did I show lack of respect? I made
1: some jokes. I tried to make him laugh. He didn't want to laugh. But with initially, me. Monty, you were like, he said, hey, where's the helmet? You were going to hit me with a helmet. It was like you didn't even know who he was. I, I, we you got did. to know each
4: other a little bit. Come right. on. We were standing on the sidelines in the cold for three hours. Danny we had Landberg. to get to know each other.
1: Back to back champs, the head coach of Erasmus, he's gonna join us. And then in the 8.35, 8.40 hour, the old new ball coach from Rutgers University, Greg Chiano, Ramapo High School, he will join us. So we get it all going. But Raph, let's break it down this way. Yeah. Who is the best team on Long Island, bar none? Well, I'm not gonna say Freeport. Because, Why? And I'm, let me finish. Ugh. Because everyone knew at
5: the beginning of the season that Freeport was, the, was on another level. Who? Every, any coach you talked to, any anybody thought Freeport was above and beyond. Okay, So we're going to take them out of the mix. Besides, people in Freeport So think, okay, free, Raph, in Freeport who's the, I don't like them. Who's
1: the second best team?
5: On, I mean, this is a show about the I best. Would, I think it's, it's it's Plain Edge and Lindenhurst are the next two best
1: teams on Long Island. I would like to see a game between Plain Edge and Lindenhurst. If you took Plain Edge and Lindenhurst and combined the team, <laughs> could they beat Freeport? Yes. Really? There's a sure. long pause there, though. No, <laughs> think I, I want to see I, Sims. I want to see. Okay, tell me why. I just listen. If you're
5: going to take the best players from each team and you're going to put them together, you're going to be Freeport.
1: Why though? Tell me why. Why? Because you, I am. You a, ask me
5: my opinion. I can okay, give you but you, opinion. you can't
1: just have an opinion without backing it up. You can't. No. Why not? You can't win a debate without People facts. People have been doing it in America for a long time, hey, man. <laughs> right, so then I'll throw this out because
5: I actually had a, a serious question to you. If Freeport, Freeport played New Rochelle, who would win that game? Long pause.
1: No, no, no. That, <laughs> yeah. That's a good <laughs> – A lot of hey, dead air today. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Listen, our player of the week in the 8 o'clock hour is going to be Jesse Parson from New Rochelle. But I'm going to say this. Based on the way that Edmund throws the ball, based on the way the offensive line blocks – And Jesse Parson would be the fastest player in the game, but the overall team speed of Freeport, they'd win that game. You like those guys at Freeport. Freeport. What is the problem you
5: have with Freeport? I don't have a problem with Freeport. They think I don't like them, and I'm getting attacked from all. I don't have a
1: problem with Freeport. All right, so you wouldn't answer who the best team is. Who's the best player on Long Island? The best player on Long Island, I'm going to break it down by county.
6: Okay.
0: okay.
1: Okay.
5: Nassau County, if it was up to me now, I don't have a vote. Let's just get this out of the way. Why I, don't you have a vote?
1: Monty, do you have a vote? I have a vote. You no, I don't have a vote. I, a vote. I just to win wanted win. to get him let, 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 let's, get
5: <laughs> let's get this
0: out of the way. Sims
1: has seen more games. He hasn't even <laughs> gone. <laughs> Come on, I, I have seen one game okay. Long okay, so the Thorpe Award goes to the best player in Nassau County. I would give it to Huey Kelleher. Really?
5: I would give it to Hugh Kelleher. At MacArthur High School, why? Because just watching him, I saw about f- uh, three or four times this year, and just the way he plays the game defensively, offensively, he's a total package this year.
1: I'm going to tell you this right now. Tell me, he's a great player,
5: and you're going to tell but, me Dan Valari. Well, 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 let me t- say it. That's fine. I'm,
1: Sim Vallari. So I go out to Yankee Stadium the other night, watch the PSAL <laughs> championship Can with think, Mike? A lot of Division One college coaches there with me, and I go rolling in there. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was Dan Valari. Sims, just like you, when you watched him. On tape, all the coaches are like, "Whoa, we had no idea." This is not an award based on who has the best
5: potential. This is a award potential. He proved it, Raph. No, I'm talking about at the next level. Okay, you're talking about college coaches. You didn't ask me who has the best college potential. There's a high school football. Right. who's 100%. B- okay. So you think that I, Kelleher I, I, had a better high school season than Valari? I do. And, Why? And I'm going to say this, too, and you're going to tell me I'm crazy, but a few years ago when Jeremy Ruckert, the, the player at Ohio State now, won the the Greg Award. Greg Ciano
1: recruited him to Ohio State. I per- Can't let guys like that get away now. I think...
5: That Dylan Lowby had the better season and should have won the Hanson I agree
1: hundred percent. Okay, so
5: then the here you go. So but you're no 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 no, no no no, you're just no. A no, no an me and Matt are
4: gonna go <laughs> grab a coffee. We'll be no. back in a few minutes. No, <laughs> gonna- I actually <laughs> like this debate going on. Keep but going. Lowby,
1: wh- listen, went to New Hampshire anyway, so he's a great player. Okay. Had a better high school season. Sims. That's what I'm telling you. But what you're but you're saying Valari didn't have a good season. I did. You're, you're, saying you Keller, you're saying <laughs> Keller. You're saying Keller. had a better season than Valari. He
5: did. He had a better season. He played in a in a tougher conference. He played in a tougher conference. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. They played Garden City. Right. That's it. Okay. We're Hopefully. gonna need a third hour. He played
4: play? <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly! Nobody! Exactly! <laughs> but, Sims, do you give awards in high school based on the high school season or the potential of the player?
3: The high school season. There the high you school go. season. Yeah. So
1: there you go. I'm
5: telling you, from what I saw, I saw more games than you. 100%. Then I'm telling you. How many games you see in Jersey? When I, I'm not giving Jersey. We're not awards. talking about Jersey I'm right, I'm right not now, Mike. Yeah. Stay on topic. Okay? I don't know why if, I brought if, him If, in. If, <laughs> if you're asking me who the best player that I saw this year is Hugh Keller. On both sides of the ball,
1: absolutely do dominant. Did you see Jordan Delucia? At Kellenberg, of course. Okay, so why isn't he in the conversation? Because why isn't Jinx in the conversation? He should be. Then oh, say McKay, something. Oh, but you Jinx weren't talking to me.
5: Makai Jinx had a phenomenal season. But that's not what you
1: asked me. You asked me who was the best player that I saw this year. So, but to me, I put... And Sims, you know Jordan Delucia When you were running those Sims complete Stunned. few things. He was that kid running yeah. around, looked like he was about 25 years old. Yeah, ripped. Jordan Delucia had an unbelievable... But why aren't you on... mentioning him?
5: You asked me for one player. You didn't say... Can you make an all-star team? But you went right to he's better than Villar. Right. But you you didn't say make an all-star team. You said who's the best player you saw, and I gave you the answer: the best player I saw. You're upset?
1: Who got the Boomer Esiason Award? Aren't you? I mean, I'm not upset. I'm not. Sims, can you base an award <laughs> purely on stats?
3: Can you? Like, can a quarterback? We've win? been doing it in the football since the beginning of time. Okay.
1: So yeah. here's this. Let's do this. Raph. Oh, I, I, okay, I like. Hold him. on. Don't, don't. <laughs> here, We're cool, Raf. Okay. We're cool. Yeah, exactly. so here, yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. So here we go.
1: A quarterback of an 11 and 1 team. And they only lost in the championship game.
3: Let me finish. No, no, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, keep doing that. Right? This is going to be a Kai, fun show. we're about to show. cut yeah. this <laughs> past
1: All right. There you go. <laughs> Who's better than a Kyrie? A quarterback who engineered a team to a county title, an 11 and 1 overall record who threw for 3,200 yards and 43 touchdowns over a quarterback. One's a junior. The quarterback of this other team, four and five. One double A recruit, eighteen seventy five, and eighteen touchdowns. Who should be the boomerasize and award winner based on what you
3: just heard? I mean, obviously I'm going to take the guy who scored forty plus touchdowns. A
1: record forty three touchdowns. You know whose record he broke? Our buddy Jack Cohn. He broke Jack oh, really? yeah. got Same a huge game. G- Raph, will you be into the game tonight against Ohio State? Sure. Wisconsin? Yeah, of course. That doesn't seem positive.
5: The same the same high school as Jack Cohn. We he went that. and broke Jack Cohn's records and he was Somehow, a backup. And I'm not knocking Drew over at Good season.
1: But he didn't have the season that Cheshire had. Is that is the overall record still the most important thing for a quarterback?
3: I mean, we kind of always kind of base that with the Heisman Trophy every year. I mean, in the Heisman Trophy race every year, it has to be the quarterback that's usually undefeated or has one loss. So I think, like, in the game of football, for whatever reason, at, at the quarterback position, we're highly, you know, over evaluating the wins-loss category um, when really it should just be more so like the impact that you have on your team.
1: Okay.
5: See, this is why he's on the show. But everything he's saying goes to my point. Yeah. uh, Cheshire had a better record. Cheshire had better stats. So any way you slice it, Cheshire had the better season.
1: Monty, you start the game on a 21-play, 77-yard drive. You take 11 minutes and 26 seconds. Okay. And you don't score. Are you in trouble? Yes, you are. Can you win after something like that? You can
4: still win. There's always a chance. What game am I talking about? You are talking about...
1: See what I mean, ref. (laughs) Tell them who I'm talking about. Long Island Championship. There you go. go. Which game? Was yeah, I here? Was, was I at this the, uh, game? Oh, my
3: God. No. It was, you no, could it still was, win the game. It right? was the first game. the, was the, Lindenhurst, the Lindenhurst game. Lindenhurst, game.
1: Lindenhurst comes right yeah. down the field, takes the whole quarter. They Is this Lindenhurst-Garden City? Yes. Okay. Lindenhurst-Garden City. Lindenhurst City. Then Lindenhurst comes back to beat Garden City, avenging their 19 nothing loss last year mm. in the Long Island 2 Championship. They win it 14-13. How good was Jaden Barber in this game, Raf? Uh,
5: Jaden Barber had the, the, the big run right at the end, turned the corner, and, and took off and scored the game-winning touchdown. But listen, to, to Lindenhurst's credit, you're to fall down 13. Nothing against that Garden City defense. Yep. That Garden De- City defense, who before this year hadn't you know lost the game in three years, for Lyndon Nurse to show resolve and come back—that took a lot. But it wasn't just Jade Barber. I mean, that their line, starting with with Will Ruckert all mm. around, that is an, a great job. Snap Garden
1: City's Long Island championship record at three consecutive stopped him right there quickly yeah when you mentioned players xavier arline great lacrosse player shore and waiting river took apart seaford in the long island championship quickly going to unc to play lacrosse not definite i know because i was going to add i've heard that notre dame is sniffing around come play lacrosse walk onto the football team any truth to that
5: uh yeah i spoke to him last week we had him in studio and uh He's interested in playing football, too, because he proved he can. Not a quarterback. He's a little small. But, uh, he, you know, he, he definitely wants to play football and lacrosse
1: at the next level. Do you like your parking spot out front today? I did. That's a different sign. Actually, it runs out at 7. You're going to get a ticket. You do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Sims. No, so Sims knows We're people. We're all getting tickets. Sims <laughs> yeah. knows people. Was this okay? I know that last time you came in, you drove all the way from Long Island. We gave you about 15 seconds. Yeah, I'm staying for another 20 minutes or so. I'm well, I thought you had to go home for Max. No, do you know waiting. Sean Patrick Bowley? Do I know him? Yeah. Just through you. He's the best. Monty, name of the show. This
4: is the Mike Quick High School Football Hour.
0: This is Mike Quick's High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN. All
1: right, here we go. Oh, boy, 7 to 9. Give us an extra hour. We're going to get crazy. And when you're going to get crazy, you got to get crazy in Connecticut with my man Sean Patrick Boley from Game Time, Connecticut. Matt Sims, Monty, hey, 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 Boley. Wake up. I'm up. My Let's gosh, say, hey, where you up? been? Hey, did you listen to the first segment? What would you
7: think about Raph? I, I actually just got up, and uh, I just put it on, and then I got the phone call. So I give you this great
1: it. lead, how you're going to show them how uh, it's done. <laughs> all right, listen, that's our state out there, man, but there's not enough teams to have four state champions. Sean, here's what I want to do. First of all, the big story in Connecticut, you didn't even let me know <laughs> How about this? You didn't no. even let me know. <laughs> my cousin, <laughs> my cousin retired from Norwalk High on Monday. Sean Ireland and I'm blaming Sean Patrick Bowley for not telling me. <laughs>
3: That's unbelievable.
1: We got to get a big story about him, pal. What are we doing? We got. We already have a story up, Mike. You don't even come to my website. Is that, what, that that what's going on. I was prepping for this show, and we were, oh, I, You know me. Yeah, I just yeah. like to talk to you. All right. So let hey, me ask he you this. Didn't even talk to you. He didn't call you. up? Uh, no, he didn't. He called me yesterday because I want to know about the kid from Danbury, the big kid from Danbury, who's committed to oh, yeah. Boston College. But I hear oh, Panagos yeah. is sniffing around at Minnesota, trying to get him. Now that Adazio is out of Chestnut Hill, hearing Halfley might get that job. Sims, you know Halfley? Yeah, I
3: do. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Here we go. Enough about that. Here's the one to throw some numbers at you, Sean. I got a problem in Connecticut. What was I
3: supposed to do? With State that?
1: quarterfinals: <laughs> thirty-five to 8, 28 to nothing, forty-nine to nothing, thirty to twelve. Fifty-six yeah. to nothing, fifty-one to nothing, forty-nine to seven, 52 to nothing, 37, <laughs> 35 to seven, 42 to seven, 35 to nothing. Sean, what are we doing? Those are state playoff games. Get rid of the quarterfinals.
7: Wait a second. I was uh, I was listening to your show last week, and, and you were all over the Connecticut playoffs. You said it was the greatest playoff system in the tri-state. It is because Mike switching up this is why I'm always
1: good. Yeah, typical quick. Take it okay, easy, Raph. <laughs> Fourteen teams in the state of Connecticut, which is great. That had seven wins, did not make the playoffs. So, Sean, I misspoke. Keep the quarterfinals. Eliminate two of the classes. So go Division One, Division Two. Don't base it on enrollment. Base it on how good you are. Top four teams get a bye, Five through twelve play. It. Would that make it better in it. Connecticut, Sean?
7: Yeah, I think so. I think that there are there certainly haves and have nots, and even have less. Than that, I, I mean, I, I, you and I talked a little bit this week about it, and um, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of different ideas out there uh, how we can improve this. I think with adding the quarterfinals and doing it this way gave a lot of these teams that were like nine and one or eight and two that weren't getting in in a sixth division system, giving them a chance to at least compete. Even the ones from like conferences that are small and and they don't play a lot of great teams. At least if they're ten and zero, you, you get them in there and see what they are made of the last 10 years has not been good. we started to even wonder, you know what? It might be it might be time to just, you know, get the best of the best because really, the last 10 years it's it's been blowouts. You're absolutely right. So, maybe four teams, maybe you have three divisions of four and then uh, and then you have like a third team for like a third division for like tech divisions or uh, like the tech schools and the co-ops and things like that. But hey, I'm open to a lot of ideas, but at least we have the best teams in the playoffs here in Connecticut. Well, we
1: do, and there's going to be an intriguing matchup in the L Division. Sims, New Canaan, and Drew Pine, who in the quarterfinals threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. They're going to play St. Joe's now. A St. Joe's team, when they played earlier in the year, that led Lou Marinelli's Rams 51 nothing at the half. They went 58-14. Can New Canaan go up against the Gatorade Player of the Year. I love it. Pine going to Notre Dame, but the Gatorade people named Jack Wallace, the quarterback for St. Joe's, a junior player of the year. I love this kid's swagger. Sims, he should be a Sims complete quarterback next year. you got to get him out there.
3: All right, we'll recruit him. Okay, Sean,
1: who wins that game?
7: Oh, I mean, look, that St. Joe's defense, we saw them against New Canaan the first time, and they were just lights out. I think that was the most impressive part of the game. But I think what happened was everyone was so – just mesmerized by how quick they scored. It was Jack Wallace's first big game because he converted over from cornerback to quarterback. They're like, we got to put you at quarterback now because David Summers is at Syracuse. Like, Go get him, kid. And he goes out there and lights it up. First play of the game, right to Diamantis, D- 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 who's a great receiver for them. Buddy, I'll tell
1: you this, like, wow. Johnny. I'll tell you this. I think other than St. Peter's Prep and maybe Union High School in New Jersey, that St. Joe's Trumbull with Diamantis and Brady Hutchinson have the best receivers yeah. in the tri-state.
7: Yeah, they're they're probably the, the best receiving fans in the state. There's a couple kids up in Bloomfield who might have something to say about that. Yeah, we don't count them so they're too far they're, away. <laughs> I know. At least you can say, but at least in the tri-state, listen, they set school records. I mean, even Matta teams with Joe Delvecchia's Son, uh, Joe Del, Joe son, uh, flinging the ball, they didn't set these type of records points. And, and even defensively, they're, they're just wiped out. Mike Morrissey,
3: you talked about Oh, this. he's they're terrific. Defensive,
1: defensive end, end, number nine. Love him. Yeah, so we're
3: just saying offer. that New Canaan has zero chance of winning this game. I'll tell you what, Sims. They're a
1: lot better than they were in the beginning of the year. Now, yeah. Shawnee, listen. Here's they the problem. Brian, we got Brian Flores two. coming on. We got okay. Flores, the coach of the Dolphins, coming on in just a second. St. Joe's is clearly the best team, yes or no, in the state
7: of Connecticut. Uh, I would say clearly, but everyone's starting to lean that way because they got, it's been a showdown, a collision course showdown between them and Hand of Madison out on the shoreline, and everyone's been licking their chops in this game, and St. Joseph, the numbers they've been putting up have just been absolutely off the charts. Hand had done the same type of thing last year, now you have two we'll teams. beat them by two touchdowns,
1: teams. buddy. They will beat yeah, Hand by two touchdowns. Know, but
7: I think right now I'm starting to lean St. Joe's way. I'm looking at those numbers. I'm looking at what they've been doing. Make a there. pick, Bowley. Uh, right now I'll go St. Joe. My man.
1: Okay, really <laughs> fast. Double L. Darian beat Southington this year. Southington's only loss was to Darian. Rematch Monday in the semifinals. Real fast, because we got Flores coming on. Who wins Double L? Newtown. Not a chance in the world.
3: <laughs> then why ask him?
1: No, that's because You said Darianne was going
3: to win by three touchdowns nice versus New Canaan on Thanksgiving. I didn't yeah, know. How'd that go? Darianne
7: scares me.
3: Darian scares well,
7: i right tell you not. what, What's buddy. What they doing with the offense, but the defense is great. That's going to be a slugfest. Two
1: returns for touchdowns the other night in the 26-16 win. Sam Wilson was terrific yeah, amazing. for the blue wave. Sean, you know I love you. I tell you this. The people in the state of Connecticut, I'm serious, man. They are so lucky to have you. Nobody covers high school football the way you do. You make it fun. My cousin Sean said to me yesterday when we were talking, we're so lucky to have Boley and I'm lucky to have you as a friend and you make it fun and I hope those people in Connecticut realize what they have in you and I hope your mom is listening to the show. I'm
7: sure she is. Thanks, Mike. All right. Go back to bed, pal. All right.
1: He's great, guys. I'm telling you. He sounds like an awesome guy. He does this column every week, and on the far right side, it's the skinny, and he has like four or five lines. Some of the lines will make you cry,
0: (laughs) and it pisses off some of the coaches. This is Mike Quick's High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Mike Quick High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN. No, Gordon, you got us, and I hope you were with us for the first
1: hour. We had some fun breaking down Long Island football. What would you guys think of that guy, Raf?
3: I've met him a few times. He's a good dude. Seems I love think. that he just got you going, you know, no, he and he just it. made your blood I like boil. when he's here, you
4: pick it. on him and not me. And so. I'm happy
3: that I met the original Wizard. Ooh, that is true. The original <laughs> Wizard. Yeah, that
4: does.
1: We had Sean
3: Patrick Bowley from
1: Connecticut. You could tell that dude's great. And how great was it that Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, yeah. called in before they get on a plane to come up here to take on the Jets, the pride of Poly Prep. We were kind of going back down memory. And you know lane. what's
4: kind of crazy too is they played the Jets this weekend and then they're on the road again next weekend at MetLife Stadium again. That doesn't happen too it happened no. with the Bills earlier this year to start yeah. the season, but how many times has that happened when you're on the road two consecutive weeks playing at the same exact Stadium.
1: Not much. Yeah, Buffalo really- started the season here, back to back. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. But yeah, not hear that. Yeah, so <laughs> Buffalo did it, but besides else. those
4: two instances. Yeah, you don't listen to me very <laughs> Nobody much. Nobody listens to you, Monty. <laughs> no, that's not true. Maybe right.
1: they should just stay here and practice at Matter Day between the two Jets and Giants games. Um In just a second, we'll be joined by Rich Hanson. His Marauders beat Don buscu last week Don to Bascu. win the New Jersey Big Boy Catholic School Championship. Right before that game, there was a Wayne Valley game. And they were playing in the North Group Regional Championship against Northern Highlands. And in a blink of an eye, Northern Highlands is up 17 nothing, Just like that. Why do you let Gordon break it down? The gamers in the stands for the first time ever. Gordon <laughs> goes to see a game. His wife, a teacher at Wayne Valley. Kids are crying down 17-0 um, for – for the third consecutive year, Gordon has blown off the last show with us. Has a problem saying goodbye. You know that, Sims.
3: I don't know that. I just learned that just this year. That yeah, yeah.
1: But Gordon did in this season of giving. He has left behind, as only he can, the maestro breaking down Wayne Valley's dramatic, fantastic 21-17 comeback victory to win the championship over Northern Highlands.
8: Hey, guys, sorry I could not be there today. I am still wallowing uh, in the end of the Wayne Valley football season. Of course, it was uh, last weekend the Indians traveled to met life to face off against Northern Highlands. I know, I know, you guys told me not to bother. The magical Wayne Valley run would end. But I trekked there, and I got to admit, things did get ugly early. First play from scrimmage, boom, Highlanders touchdown, 7 nothing, 17 (laughs) seconds into the game. Then not too much later, another quick strike of 80 yards, At that point, the fan base was in shock. The defense seemed to be in tatters. My kids were in tears. It was 17-0. It seemed like it was over. After all, that's what the wizard said. Sims, (laughs) be careful. Tommy Moran has been magical in this
1: postseason for Wayne Valley. I know. But the magic comes to an end. Ethan Harris,
8: sensational. They beat you guys, Gordon, earlier this year. They'll do it again. Russo rings the bell in his second year. I mean, after all, it's what Sims said.
3: Oh, I'm going Northern Highlands. I just think, you know, it's Matt. their year. I know. I'm sorry, Gordon. I really apologize. But it's their year. Uh, their running back is, is the best player on their team. I think it's going to be Northern Highlands. You know, but that's the thing about
8: champions. They keep playing until they get it right. And down 17-0, Wayne Rally started to get it right. Kyrie, hit my music. It started with seven minutes to go before halftime. Huge kick return by John Testa. It would set up a touchdown pass by Tommy Moran, hitting Ant De Palma for the score, Valley trailing 17-7. First play of the fourth quarter. I think it was the first play. It was a week ago. Give me a break. John Testa capping a 10-play, 70-yard drive, but the Indians still down three. The Wayne Valley defense shredded early. Huge second half. Three sacks. The Highlanders nowhere to turn, nowhere to run. But did the Indians have one final miracle? That was the question. Well, they had Big Mo on their side. But they also had Moran, Tommy Moran, senior quarterback. The Highlander fans had taken to calling him Barbie. Well, Barbie then went out and dropped the Dreamhouse right on their head. Huge second half, 8 of 8 through the air, including the biggest throw made all season at MetLife. Dodging the rush, fourth quarter, Moran out of the pocket, moving left, throwing downfield. Hitting Elijah Lugo with the 38-yard touchdown pass. 17-14 good guys. And the defense would make it stand up. Even after a puzzling decision to go for it on a 4th and 1 at their own 37. What are you doing? What are you doing? But all jokes aside, as exciting a win as I have seen in a very long time. A win made all the sweeter by all the haters. Which includes everyone (laughs) in the studio right this second, not named Monty. The group four champs, Wayne Valley, Wizard, Back to you.
4: <laughs> oh, Gordon, great job. Buddy. That was the best breakdown I've heard all yeah. year, and I've done most of the breakdowns. You uh, blew time me come out of the and do there. it in
3: person, bro. Oh, that's right, Sims. I mean, but that's not cool. He called you guys haters, though. He, yeah, he's okay. he's talking some, some I love snapper. how he calls himself
4: the good guys, too. No matter who he plays, Wayne Valley is always the good guys.
1: You know where they were? They weren't the good guys. You know where they were the great guys? Their defense on third down last Saturday, Northern Highlands 0 for 10. Third yeah, down. you
3: can't win if you're over in any situation in football on third down. So that's, that's crucial.
1: Well, it didn't look good right after that for St. Peter's prep tied at seven when Dom Bosco blocks a punt, recovers it, and it's 14-7. St. Peter's prep at that moment had absolutely no mojo other than the Simon 70 yard punt return. But once again, Sims, and I've said it repeatedly, there's something, the, Taj Bullock gets to the fourth quarter, and I love him. Getting to the fourth quarter, sometimes I can't figure him out, but on the phone is Coach Rich Hansen, who's coached some great ones. And, Richie, first of all, congratulations on the win, buddy, and thanks for getting up early today.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. It was uh, was getting up late today to be with you guys, but I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We had a long talk the other day about Taj Bullock, and I said, Rate him on your Mount Rushmore of St. Peter's Prep quarterbacks. Where do you? And he's only a junior, so this is difficult. But where would you put him in the history of quarterbacks for the Jersey City school? You
2: no, know, Mike, it's, that's really difficult to do because the guy has a, a year left, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> you know the, the the great ones you evaluate after their uh, you know eligibility is over and they've done their completed their their painting. So. Uh, right now, uh, Taj is is way ahead of where some of the great ones have been. And uh, listen, he has a chance to. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this because this thing isn't even a week old, but he has a chance to win two, and uh, and be in a special place. Um, and if that happens, then then I think you evaluate him. But from a tools standpoint, a skill set standpoint, uh, he he's right at the top of, with uh, with the Brandon Wimbush and. Uh, you know, some of the other great ones we've had.
1: Wow. So, I mean, listen, earlier this year, as you've now beaten Bosco seven consecutive times, first, he pulls you out of the fire against Bergen Catholic. A couple weeks later, he pulls you out of the fire against Don Bosco in the semifinals. Look, you're down 28-21, and he goes magical over the top. It looked like Wimbush to Fitzpatrick back in 14 towards the Statue of Liberty and then comes right down the field, and he does it again. Kai, give me a little music because in the fourth quarter, Sims, you were there, and he gets the ball, and you just say, "Uh uh-oh, can he do it again? And he did it. Third and eight from the 42. 16 yards to Byron Shipman. Then on a fourth and two from the 25, he rolls to his right. Makes a great throw, Sims. 15 yards. Jelani Mason kind of sitting down there in the flat. Sheds a tackle. And then on a third and one from the five, he calls his own number. Gets into the end zone. It makes it 14-13. Now, Coach Hanson, we're all in the press box watching the game. And right away, everyone's like, he's going to go for two. He's going to go for two in the win. Go for two in the win. The question I have, when you play at a professional facility where the goalposts are narrower, does it make your decision easier to go for two in a situation like that?
2: Well, it definitely contributes to it, you know. Um, and it's, it's the wind, it's the, the, the cavernous feel of the stadium, and, and it is and the goalposts. But you know what? We were on the twenty, twenty five yard line and I turned to my offensive coordinator and I said, Hey, we get this, we're going for two buddy. I said, We have it in our pocket, right? You have the plan in the pocket, right? And he said, Yeah, coach, we're good. So um I, I don't think and I said this before, I don't think those decisions are solid if they made you no know, spur of the moment. I think you know, we practice it, we plan for it and if you're you're fortunate enough to be in that situation, uh, you know, we just felt good. We felt we had some mojo going, we felt we had them on the ropes and Always
3: uh, felt we had a play in our pocket. Yeah, Coach, uh, Matt Sims here. Um, you know, it really hurts me the fact that I <laughs> <laughs> just heard that you guys beat us seven times in a row like that. Um, and I know at times, too, we've had our differences as well, too. Really? Um, yeah, we, there's been a moment <laughs> or two. Um, but really, what was kind of like just the talk at halftime um, with, like, the sluggish start? You know, was there kind of like a, a rally the troops cry? Or was it more just like, hey, we're, we're in this game. We know that we're a good team. We're gonna eventually going to win the game.
2: No, Matt, it was probably the most calm halftime out all year. Really? I, honestly, I think, like, we felt really good that the field position in the first half was atrocious. I mean, they credit Bosco. I mean, they pinned us. They had us pinned. They didn't let us out. We couldn't generate any offense. Uh, we had six drives inside the 10, starting inside the 10, and, um, really difficult to, as you know, to function that way. You know, your playbook is, you know, one paragraph at that point. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and we, we found a way to get out of there. You know, they blocked the punt, credit to them and all that. But found a way to get out of there 14 times. I felt like we were up 21-7. Right. Um, so, we, you know, we just felt like, hey, guys, we get the ball. Let's let's get some field position. Keep playing solid defense. I thought our defense was phenomenal all night. Um. And, and you know, so we felt good. You know, we really felt good.
1: Coach, You, you in games like this, yeah. there's no games after it, so you put your best players in the best positions to make plays. And a couple times this year, your Ohio State recruit, Cody Simon, who's a wonderful linebacker, uh, you put him back to return a punt. And what, he you done that a couple of times, and what did you say to him? Hey, I don't want you back there just to fair catch it. Take us through that as he went off on that 70-yard punt return to open the scoring.
2: Yeah, our personnel meeting the week before, uh, my son runs return teams, and 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 Rich said he wanted Cody back there just shorthand, just didn't want to give up any cheap yards on bounces. Uh He has really great hands. We weren't sure what we were going to get return-wise. And the, the, the first four or five days of doing return stuff, Cody's fair catching balls. And uh, I just said to him, I think it was on Thanksgiving, I said, you know, you're not back here just to fair catch stuff, buddy. If you see something, take it. And, uh he, uh, he saw something, he came out the field and he's like, I saw something. I said, yeah,
1: I guess
3: so. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great run. It was no straight line run. Sims, he had to make some moves on that play. Yeah, that was a great cut back and I mean, really just ran through a bunch of arm tackles too as well and then also just used this great, just straight line speed to finish the run too as well. Coach Rich Hanson,
1: yeah. uh, Greg Chieno played a huge role in getting him. He started working him a few years ago to Ohio State. In the years to come, will a guy like Cody Simon go to Rutgers now that Greg Chieno is back? How's that going to work, and do you like the fact that Chieno's home?
2: I hope so. We, we spoke yesterday, and um, I think the key for Rutgers is to be in the fight for those kind of kids. I think right now they're not in the fight, you know, they – the, uh, it's Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame, you know, the, the power five schools that come in and kind of own the place. I think it's, it, and, and this has happened before when, with Greg's first spin, Rutgers has to become relevant in the offices and in the, in the meeting rooms with these players. And I think if they can do that, there's a great sell point to that place. There's a great sell point. And I think, you know, Greg is the personality to get it done. And I think he's going to put together a great staff. Um, but they have to get in the room and put the gloves on and fight for those kind of kids, uh, because right now Rutgers isn't even in the discussion for most of them. At least Every late ones. and I think that that's you know that's the charge, that's the uh, that's the challenge for them.
1: With Greg back and all the players that you send off to Division One football, will you now make it mandatory for at least every player for one of their five visits to visit Rutgers? Not saying they have to commit there, but will it become a mandatory? Uh, destination for a visit for a St. Peter's Prep football player.
2: I don't know if I can mandate a, 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 an official five, but I can definitely mandate and guarantee Greg that we're going to get all of our guys on campus. And, and you know, once we get them on campus, then it's their job. I mean, that's why they get the money that's they get, baby. That's fair. But you know, the, the upper tier players, uh, the middle, the mid, the mid level players, all of them will be on campus. And from that point on. It's on the Rutgers staff to, to convince these kids that it's a great option, which I think it is. And we have a great player going now this year. Isaiah Wright will turn out to be a really, really good college football player.
1: All right, well, there you go. Hey, I want to read you my favorite quote of the football season. It came moments after you won the game 21-14. We are not one of those Bergen County silver spoon people, and we're proud of it. That thing went around the wires a little bit, buddy, huh? So explain us that quote. I love it.
2: All right, I'll give you a little context. First of all, (laughs) I have a lot of friends in Bergen County. I have family in Bergen County. Yeah, I do. You guys wouldn't stop stop snapping pictures from the banquet the other night, too. Uh, Oh,
1: by the way, I just want to let you know, Sandy Cerami, who puts that dinner together every year, okay? Tim McCarthy, ESPN Radio, you are now there. Sims was supposed to be there. He couldn't make it. Augie Hoffman, Vito Campanelli, and everyone said Rich Hansen has to be there. So will you commit to that dinner next year right now? Absolutely. It's in Bergen County. Uh, okay, okay. We'll, with that. okay.
2: <laughs> we'll just use knives and forks. All right, go ahead. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, after the game, the reporter, one of the, uh, at the press conference, one of the reporters said to me, did you guys feel disrespected coming into the game? And, and Matt, you can relate to this. I said, yeah, we did. You know, we were ranked third in the state. Um, Bosco is ranked number one in the state going into the game with a 7-4 and four record. A team that we've beaten. Okay? And and we're 10-1. and one. We've beaten them already. And they their logic was, well, Bosco was one because they beat Joe's and Joe's was two because they beat you and you were three. And I said, okay. That's like, that's government math, though, because uh, yeah. you've got the third part of it. <laughs> beat Bosco. And we had the best record, you know, of the two, obviously. So, I said, we felt disrespected, but you guys do that frequently. And and I understand we're not a Burton County school with a silver spoon in our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get as much treatment. as I want to hate it, I love it, it's though. A great I, I respect clone. the hell out of it, yeah. I'll tell
3: you. And it really- is true, though. It is true. There was no right for Bosco to be ranked ahead of them. Like, they did not earn that. You know, I know that they were the hot team and the streaky team at the time, but they didn't deserve that.
2: And, and that's
1: all I meant by it. Uh, hey, listen, it's yeah, we fun, it. man. I Listen, you have pride from where you are. All the big boys except you are in Bergen County, and you're in Hudson County. And I love it. It was great. It's good for the game. And you know what? The people who know best, they looked at it, they laughed, said that's Richie. Hey, you know what? I probably would have said the same thing. Two more questions for you. Yes, you I did not pick you to win one game this year. <laughs> you you have stop. eight of 11 guys next year back on your offense. Who do you open with?
2: Uh, right now, we, we have one slot open. We're going to go down to Gonzaga to play uh, to play Gonzaga in Washington. That'll be a good game.
1: I'll probably pick Gonzaga. Yeah, I that. <laughs> hey, um, after after Erasmus Hall won the city title on Wednesday night at Yankee Stadium, their coaches were like, let's get it on. We want another shot at St. Peter's. You beat them. It was their week one, your week three, and you beat them 20 to nothing. How much do you would you love a chance to play Erasmus Hall right now?
2: Listen, we, we're, we're so happy uh, with our season. We're, we're, we'll play anybody. I mean, that's the way high school football is. now You have to go out and play. That game was a great game. Erasmus is a good team. They're good. If you played
1: him if you played him in two weeks, what would you beat him by? Or would you beat him?
2: Uh twenty nothing.
1: Oh, I we are like gonna it. have Danny Lamberg on in just a second. And I know he's listening. Hey Richie, great love, year, man. Yeah, I have a
2: great program,
1: man. Oh no, I'll tell you what, you know the funny thing is, when you talk about dudes, when they came to Cave yeah. and Point that night, if you didn't know who the Jersey team was, you would have thought based on player personnel. Yep. They had better overall talent. I can't believe I'm saying this than you guys. Would you say that's fair?
2: I think they have at least six Power 5 players in the roster. They do. They do.
1: All right, do. we'll talk to him about that. Hey, Rich, we love you. We didn't pick against you, not because we don't like you. I just didn't think you were going to win those games, man. Nothing personal. Make
3: <laughs> hey, it sweeter. Make it sweeter, It, it, sweeter, it was fine. personal for me, too, Coach. I'm sorry. I apologize. Sorry, yeah.
1: man. Buddy, your text after when I wouldn't pick you, priceless. I love you. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and congratulations on a great year. Watch out for St. Augustine next year,
2: Coach. They're tough. You to know, tell me twice. I got it.
1: My man, Richie Hanson. Hey,
2: have a great one, guys. Hi, right, right. pal. Thanks. See see you, Coach. Thanks,
1: Coach. Has was fun. Sims,
3: great breakdown of the Silver Spoon, right? I love it. I, uh, I mean, You got you have to respect it, and that's to. why Hanson's the man.
0: This is Mike Quick's High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN.
1: All right, Ty, break it up. Our final player of the week and I've been waiting all year to name this cat. Let's go up to New Rochelle High School. Ray Rice called me the other day. How great was it to see Ray at Chiano's press conference? There was a whole bunch of guys there. We'll have Coach on at 840 this morning. Hey, maybe Jesse Parson goes there. He runs a four four five forty, and what he did in the state final against McQuaid, set the standard for New Rochelle High School. No team had ever gone 13-0 until they won 28-0 over McQuaid. In the game, 12 carries, 177 yards, two touchdowns from 40 and 60, just 5'10", 165 pounds. But when you run that fast, you can't tackle it because you can't see it. I would love to see him get his opportunity. Fordham right now, my guys over there, they're smart, they can identify talent. They had Valari, they knew it. They've got this guy too. So he might go to Fordham That would be great. In the postseason, in six games, over a 1,000 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns. Ray Rice didn't do it. Courtney Green didn't do it. Jordan Lucas didn't do it. All guys that played in the NFL. And although he's not my player of the week, I almost went with co-players of the week. His teammate, Darren Cabba, 5'10", 205-pound senior lineman in the game, four sacks, 13 tackles. The new Rochelle defense allowed 74 yards of total offense. So congratulations to Jesse, our player of the week. Congratulations to DK. And bring Coach D back. Here we go. (laughs) Well, Sims, you couldn't make it. Monty came with me. To Yankee State. What does that say, Monty? Uh, we're trying to get Danny Lamberg on the line. Oh, uh, Danny, come on, man. Call the show. That's okay. You know what? We have Vinny from Coney Island. Uh-huh. If Danny can't do it, maybe he's afraid of what Richie Hansen said, that we'll take him on anytime, anywhere. But that would be a fun game to see St. Peter's and Erasmus Hall play again. So over at Yankee Stadium, it's pretty cool, except they don't let media in until 4.30. The game starts at 5. By the time we got on the field, the game was, kick-off <laughs> was in the air. It's a disaster. But thank you, Mark Torres, for getting us in there. So here's the stat of the year. And I know that you're not a huge stat guy, Sims, okay? You're not, right? Yeah, not always, no. This one, you have to be. Since the October 19 loss, when Erasmus lost to Tottenville late, 24-21. I think I know what you're going to say. Can I have say it? They played six games. Oh, uh, okay. In those six <laughs> games, they have scored 200 points. Correct. And allowed?
3: Zero. Not a point. Six straight is shutouts. Super impressive. And <laughs> yes. also too, I finally picked Tottenville to win a game and they just, they let me down with just getting smacked oh, by a rascal. Well, you got Sims. intimidated by Brian Neville I, I did. I definitely got intimidated well, for and, and, sure. And
1: the thing that I feel bad, and listen, Roland Dempster's a wonderful player. I, is he? Your boy Izzy, who we're going to talk about in a second, was named the Gatorade Player of the Year. To me, I think you could have gone with Roland Dempster, too, from Tottenville, six-two-two twenty-five, going to Stony Brook. Heard his hamstring in the semifinal, and now you're playing at Yankee Stadium on grass. You yeah. haven't played on grass in forever. And Which is
3: even more crazy to me. that He still found a way I know to great. 43 yards. Yeah. We need grass every now and then to play on. Yeah.
1: No, Lantech actually does more grass than turf. Oh, all right. Well, hey, I learned Land something. City yeah, field, My man. Bad. Sims, yeah. get into it. Lantech, <laughs> Lantech, Lantech. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so Dempster, 12 carries, 43 yards, but you could tell he wasn't 100%. The defense right now, standing with Nunzio Campanelli, Rutgers, Anthony Campanelli, Michigan, Chris Partridge, Michigan, all those guys Blown away by the level of talent on the field that day, and I, forget about the Erasmus guys. They've got a thousand guys. These guys have got to. Rutgers has to, has to offer number nine, Eric O'Neill. For Tottenville, because he could either play tight end or he could play outside linebacker, defensive end. He's a stud. Remember the name Sims, Eric. Well, I mean, it just
3: further proves our point too that Rutgers can be a viable team in the Big Ten because of all the teams that we have just talked about in these last you know fifteen minutes with the St. Peters, with the Rasmus Hall, with Tottenville, you know, the Cardinal Hayes like all these schools in the area. There is talent there to be had to compete with the big boys in the Big Ten. Uh, Let's bring Vinny
1: from Coney Island on right now because Vinny has seen thirty. One consecutive PSAL champions. He's a linking guy, but he's a fair guy. Vin, how are you, pal? Hey, Vinny. Hey, Mike,
6: great to see. Uh, great to talk to you again, Matt. I was really disappointed not not be able to meet you on Wednesday, but I understand you had other business to take care of. And and Monty, where was the helmet? Was the
4: helmet <laughs> I left on? it at home. I thought we were gonna have a nice friendly day out together.
6: Friendly date, Matt. I got to tell you something. I'm dressed head to toe in Yankees, and <laughs> right. this is how he addresses me. Oh, so you're a Yankee fan? No, I. It's a
4: joke. Oh, you're wearing right, a Yankees hat, a Yankees mind jacket, Yankees underwear. Never so mind I said, the game. Are you a Yankees
3: Never fan? Never mind the game. I'm just upset that I missed this whole interaction between uh, you. Two. It was a good time. It was intense. Yeah. Yeah
6: that you just met me on Wednesday. You're clueless
4: because you met me twice at Lincoln in Coney Island. That's fair, I but I didn't know you were the guy calling up the show until You don't get into the locker room unless I say it's okay because I'm the media relations coordinator. Well, thank and you, I... Vinny, for letting me on the field with you. I appreciate Mike, it. Vinny, can I
6: give can I give Monty some professional advice? Give please. me some professional advice, please, please Vinny. please <laughs> yeah. do. I-, I survived 24 years on the radio.
4: I'm 25 years old, so almost. so there
6: you go. So I survived 24 years on the radio many years ago, like 100 years ago, when Paul Pasqualoni was the head coach at Syracuse. I went to a football clinic, and I took these words to heart, Monty, and I hope you do too. Okay, Ben. Anything worthy of your passion should be worthy of your preparation. And there's five P's of the five P's of football. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. So when you say you just met me on Wednesday, that's oh my god, ridiculous. Get to the program. Get with the program.
4: Sorry, Vinny, about that. I forgot when and, I met your you. your man, but... Izzy. Your man, Izzy.
6: Izzy I- got I- busy I- at Yankee
4: I- Stadium, huh? He didn't play again. He won Stadium. an academic student athletic award. What are you talking about? Dad
1: would be getting busy on 2800 Ocean He still was getting Parkway. busy. No, Is he, he getting busy? Is he getting busy? So, Vinny, getting busy at Pitt next season. Vin, the Pitt the Panther. Olympic player.
6: Terrific kid also, by the way. Awesome player.
1: So how many guys now is that for Sean that have won the Gatorade Player of the Year? Sean That's O'Connor. Two. That's two now. Who's the other? Eshack Williams. Shouldn't have won it. <laughs> All right, Wayne well, he was, did. No, no, no. He did, yeah. I'll tell you that. Vin, be honest with me. Eshack went to Notre Dame, played for the Giants for a couple minutes. Wayne Williams, his senior year, oh, was a better football awesome. player than Eshack.
6: Who went to Syracuse, yes.
1: Better player. <laughs> Better play. He just... He was too goofy. Like, he, he never yes, took yes, things serious. Yes, that's absolutely true. He, he, but, and I mean that in a good
6: way. Yes, I liked yes, him. Yes. All right. People didn't take him seriously because he was goofing around all the time. But you know what? The kid always had a giant smile. He was a big panda bear. Yep. He had a smile on his face all the time. He... He, he loved life. He still does. He, he comes around every so often. He's a great guy. I love Wayne also.
1: Vin, you are the historian of PSAL football and basketball. And I so wish your radio show was back on because you're such a, you should be the commissioner of the PSAL football, the whole thing. You're, you're that good. I appreciate that. Vin, and again, I know this is difficult for you because you are a Lincoln guy, but you're fair. In your 31 years going to the PSAL championships at Midwood Field, at Columbia University, wherever they played them, is this the best defense? Erasmus Hall, 27 nothing over Tottenville, 102 total yards allowed. Is this the best defense you've seen in 31 years in the PSAL?
6: It's one of the best. I'm going to tell you someone else, but and you, you were talking about this team. You didn't mention William Mohan, Apache, who's going to Michigan also already, a linebacker. Oh,
1: he's number eight. Oh. He's terrific.
6: Oh, my God. He's unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> you got... You got. Westbrooks, uh, Marquise Westbrooks, he's going to Western Connecticut. Sam Walker going to Sacred Heart. They are an unbelievable defense. Like you said, 200 to nothing. they outscore their opponents in their final six games after losing 24-21 on a miraculous uh, tip-ball pass uh, late in the game against Tottenville the first time they played week six.
1: Well, you know, who's... one
6: team, I, I'm glad you asked this question because there's one team that always gets I don't, I, on the sidebar, They, they in the shadow, the 1993 Lincoln defense, who went 11 and 0 back in the day, they only played eight. You know why, games Vin? You know
1: why? Of Frankie Sinclair. That's it. Frankie Sinclair was so good.
6: Yards rushing- 410 yards receiving. he tied a state record at the time, 35 touchdowns. But George Najar, who I'm sure you're going to see with uh, Mataday, who's now working with Dino Manjaro, he yep. was our head coach there. Great Ed coach. Ficinski, who Got was the screwed at, at
1: Sayerville. Got totally screwed. Absolutely. Yep.
6: But he had Vinnie Moriello on the defense, who went to play for Brian Collins, who was at the game on Wednesday at post. Jeff Miller went to Princeton. Ahmed Pearson, who was the player of the game. That defense was was so under reported about because of Frankie Sinclair. How about this, Mike? They outscored their opponents in the 11 games, 377-48. to They posted seven shutouts that season, and 22 of those 48 came in a 41-22 semifinal win over John Adams. By the way, Monty, John Adams
4: was our second president. Oh, thank (laughs) you. He came after that George Washington guy, right?
1: <laughs> hey, hey, Vin, you know what's great about that? And only you would bring that up, the 83 rail splitters. You guys had seven shutouts for the season. I was negative this, 10 years old at This the time. Erasmus team had nine shutouts for the season. And the thing to me that just makes them special beyond special is three shutouts in the postseason. One against Curtis, one against Tottenville. The one and three seeds in the tournament. So, buddy, listen. It's always great having you on. If we do this again next year, we gotta have a bigger part for you breaking down the PSAL every week. So we it. thank you. And I don't know where Landberg is, but once again, Vinny from Coney Island bail us out. So have a great holiday. Thank you, family. Vinny. Have a happy holiday. Thank you.
6: thank you. Matt also, same to you as well. Everybody. Yeah, you thank as well, you. Vinny.
1: Vinny's great. I think I'm gonna call up Vin and I'm gonna scoot over there to Bay Ridge and I'm gonna look at some of the lights maybe over there. Oh, you ever <laughs> see those Christmas lights in Bay Ridge? I think Jackie and I are gonna go. Maybe we'll call Vin because he'll know how to get me in yeah, and out right. of everything. Yeah. Vin's great. Once again, he dominated you. He (laughs) did.
4: I took two L's when I faced
1: Vin, but Uh, he is a good
0: dude. And he's a Yankees
1: fan. At least now you understand what it's been like. To have your manhood ripped out. You got
0: to respect your elders. (laughs) This is Mike Quick's High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) This is Mike Quick's High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN. And that means
1: the Land Tech Group played a big part of it because they are the pick sponsor and they are the leader in design, construction, and maintenance of athletic fields and facilities throughout the East Coast, specializing in synthetic turf, natural grass sims, concrete, fencing, and more. Visit them at landtechgroup.com. I want to thank those guys, Mike Ryan and the boys, Marty Lyons, for being a part of this show all year. I also want to thank the Green Turtle because the high school football hour on 98.7 ESPN is brought to you, of course, by the Green Turtle. It's time for fans to come together at the Green Turtle, the official home to catch every game. Eat plenty, drink well, leave happy at the Green Turtle. Monty. Yes. What's up? Your pick. Oh, well, I didn't know we were making picks. We're doing the sponsor. Okay, well,
4: I'm going to do a sponsor when I have no picks. But the Monty's Pick Segment of the Mike Quick High School Football Hour hour on 98.7 ESPN is driven by Mercedes-Benz of Nanuet. And my picks for the year, as you mentioned, you were the wizard. You took over. But I had a pretty solid year as well, 15 and 12. And I just want to say it again because that's pretty impressive for a guy
1: who's been in high school sports for only three months. 15 and 12. Three months and you took three weekends off. That's not true. Okay, Greg Schiano is actually on the phone with a recruit as we speak right now. He's going to call us at eight forty-five, so we had to push push coach back a little bit. So let's just throw this out there. Let's think about where coach has been. Forget Rutgers. All right. Let's. Where was he most recent? Sims. Don't? Ohio State. There you go. Okay. So let's look. Give me a little of that Rutgers music here. <laughs> all right. So let's see this. Coach played a huge role, a huge role
4: Dude. in getting
1: Jordan Fuller from Old Japan to not go Old to Rutgers, happened, go to Ohio State. He played a huge role in Javante Jean Batiste, great player, burden Catholic, under recruited. Coach came in, watched some tape with nuns a couple years ago, boom, off he goes. Ronnie Hickman to Paul, dynamic, blows out of Wayne, goes to Columbus, bypasses Piscataway. Tyler Friday, the big lineman up there for Don Bosco. Greg gets him to go out to Ohio State. Ohio State. Okay? Jason Wint, Erasmus Hall, Brooklyn. Greg gets him to go to Ohio State. Matt Jones, lineman, Erasmus Hall, Brooklyn. Gets him to go to Columbus. Jeremy Rucker, tight end, who Marco Battaglia loved, loved. He would have been the best tight end. Well, I don't want to say that because they've had some good ones. LJ Smith and all that from Highland Park. He was, terrible. Yeah, he would, he would have been good. Lyndon Hurst, Long Island, out there. So what I'm saying is, how can Greg now, when he's been selling Ohio State. How so, many
3: players was that, by the that's way? That's
1: seven players of the team that's going to lose to Wisconsin tonight and our buddy Jack Cohn from <laughs>
3: Sayville. You're making that prediction right now. By the way, how good. Kill that. Kill
1: that guy. <laughs> He should have – you know what? Jack was going to go to Rutgers and nobody knows that. Jack was going. We had it all set up and you know who was going? Jonathan Stewart had already committed verbally to Rutgers. Jack Cohn, they didn't really pay enough attention to him. Jack said, hey, Johnny, let's go out to Wisconsin. So think about the Rutgers landscape if Matt – Matt Sims, if Jack Cohn and Jonathan Stewart are there.
3: I mean, on top of all those other names that you just listed, I mean, that's you know a pretty good starting eleven right there. You know, I know that doesn't equal eleven players, but still, like that's a good crew that once again you can continue to build. You know, your program around.
1: You're a national recruit coming out of Don Bosco. Yeah. Okay, so I want to put you in the time capsule right now. Why do you keep saying Jonathan Stewart? It's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah.
3: Sorry, my. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, no, that wasn't you. That was me.
3: I should have corrected. You were just nodding. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, Monty, say something. And Jonathan Stewart, baby. He, he was on the Giants. Trailer. No, but you said Jonathan Stewart, the old Carolina I wanna, Panthers. I want to put you in the time capsule right And I want you to answer this honestly. Yeah. You're at Don Bosco. You're uncommitted or, more importantly, you verbally committed. Greg Schiano comes in again. It's the same situation, but you're 10 years older, 10 years younger. Okay. Would you rethink a verbal commitment to a school and flip to stay home or if you hadn't committed, would Rutgers now be a viable option with Greg Shiano there?
3: Uh, I would want Rutgers to kind of give me that, like, you know, you can start right away situation where it's like, all right, we're going to build the team and make sure that you're the man and, like, you're our starter and kind of guarantee me that a little bit, you know, that I can compete for the starting spot. You know, I would need that little incentive to be like, all right, I'm going to flip, you know, my script and just kind of go with them. Um, because, you know, yeah, like the sex appeal to these other schools across the country. It's just a little bit more appealing, I think, to these kids in this area who dream and watch these other guys on TV and the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the SEC to be a part of that. So I think you need to kind of put it more on the fact that like, no, we're going to play you right away. We're going to build the team around you. You're going to be one of the focal points of our entire program because you're a homegrown guy.
1: What's more important right now for Shiano and his coaching staff? Recruiting or coaching?
3: It's kind of ha- unfortunately for him it has to happen simultaneously. You know, he, he really doesn't have, you know, favor, you know, on that side as far as the time con- constraint goes. You know, he needs to do a good job of recruiting right now, which he is, and that's why he's late to this phone call. But at the same time too, you know, yeah, the staff thing is an issue and he has to put a good staff around him. Um, because as, you know, the old saying is you're only as strong as your weakest link and he needs to put good, you know, strong links around him. That's why he kept Nunzio around because he trusts Nunzio's opinion. He trusts what he did before his, uh, his, you know, ability to evaluate talent and his coaching talent. So he needs more people like Nunzio around him.
1: Is it fair? for him to put a timetable. I loved his quote in the press conference. We're not chasing, we're passing. How long, because I, I, listen, as positive as Greg is, you're chasing right now.
0: This is Mike Quick's High School Football Hour on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>